What a great morning it's been so far, and I get to carry on our series where we're talking about what the church is really supposed to be about, and uh, I wonder what your experience of family has been. I wonder what your experience of family has been. So maybe for some of us, our experience of family has been good. We've had a, a good family, and we're thankful and grateful for the people in our lives, our parents, our siblings, our kids, our grandparents, whoever that might be. I suspect for most of us, many of us, our story of family would be one of a kind of ups and downs of good times and then maybe not such good times, maybe of, of loss and of grief, and maybe you're in that season right now or a season where members of your family are ill and, and you're worried or you're anxious Maybe, tragically, your experience of family has been way worse than that. Maybe your experience of family has been a very abusive one. I'm so sorry about that. And I wonder, therefore, when we talk about what we talk about today, what that will kind of bring up in your minds. And we talk about church as family. I wonder what that's going to stir in you. My family is complicated uh, my mum died when I was 21 years of age, so we've experienced that whole kind of loss after a long illness, the tragedy of all of that. But then, wonderfully and brilliantly, my dad married again to a lovely lady called Maureen, who's my stepmum. And uh, I have a sister, and then I have a stepbrother and a stepsister as well. And they're all, uh, they've all got partners, or they're all married, and they've got kids too. So when we all get together, which we don't do very often, but when we all get together, it's like this massive kind of thing. And recently, back in December, my dad was 80, so we had an 80th birthday celebration, and we kind of uh, filled out this uh, section of a, of a restaurant, and we all gathered together from all our different parts of the country, and we had this kind of amazing time together. And, and I got to do a little speech, because uh, being like a preacher like I am, I like speaking, and, and my dad likes that too. And, uh, and I did a little speech for, for my dad, it was only a, a little thing. Uh, but it was quite emotional, really, because my dad is my hero. I, I've been really blessed with an amazing dad, and he is my hero. And he's a model of sacrificial service. He's a, he's a model of perseverance in the face of real difficulty and struggle as he cared for my mum and dealt with the grief and, grief and the loss of all of that. He's a, he's a model of provision, providing for his family. He's a man of faith, too, and he's a, he's a model of faith. So it was quite an emotional experience to just kind of try and honour him in some way, shape or form on his 80th birthday. And, and I recognise and I don't take for granted how amazing that blessing was to have a dad like that. So I don't know what your experience of family has been like. But I wonder when we talk today about this image or metaphor of church as being like a family, what that will stir in you. You know, in this series, we've been encouraging one another to stop just coming to church and to start being the church. And by the way, this sign behind me has caused quite a stir, particularly from people who come in and use our building during the week, where we don't explain to them what's going on. They think it's a little bit weird. But we wanted it to stir in us something that actually encourages us to not just go to church, because that was never the plan, never God's intention, but to actually be the church. And so through this series, we've been looking at these images or metaphors that God has, that God gives us 
to help us understand what the church is supposed to be like, because it's kind of complicated. And I think this is one of the great things that God does. God says, look, this whole thing is kind of complicated, so let me give you some images or some metaphors so you can grasp what I'm trying to talk about here. And through this series, it's been our passion and our prayer that if you're already a Christian, that this series would encourage you to step up, to invest your one and only life in this amazing thing that God has created and he's ordained, the primary way he works in the world, that you'd step up and you'd be involved and engaged with it. And maybe you'd take a next step of partnering with this local church here at ABC, whether you're joining us online or on site, if you're a part of our church community. And if you're not yet a Christian, number one, you are so, so welcome here. We love it that we have people who are exploring faith. Who, there's something about this community of people here that kind of draws people in, even though they're not quite sure what they believe yet. Well, that's fine. We love that you're here, and we hope that through this series, you're catching a glimpse of what it's all about and why we're so passionate about it, why we do what we do, and why we want to fire one another up to be engaged and involved in this amazing thing. I just want to shout out to the people online this morning. Thanks so much for joining in the chat. I've been watching the chat this morning, and um, we've been asking online for people to think about TV shows or movies that are about family and what that kind of says. And we've had all sorts of examples and illustrations online. Some we might know well, like Modern Family. Uh, some I'd not really heard of called Bluey. Who knows what that is? But thanks for joining in online and sharing. And by the way, huge shout out to you if you're online this morning, because we've got people from all over the world on this morning. Uh, Ed is down in Australia, and uh, he's watching us at some late night down there. We've got people in South Africa. We've got people in Disneyland in Paris. Can you imagine that? That's quite cool, I think, by the way, that, that with all that Disneyland has to offer, somebody in Disneyland would come on and watch church this morning. I think that's great. So big shout out to you from wherever you're watching today. It's great to have you with us. So we've talked so far in this series about the church being a body with different parts, each fulfilling their role. We talked last week about how the church is the bride of Jesus. And today we talk about family. And again, I wonder just what that stirs in you. And I suspect that depends quite a lot on your experience of family. We're going to dig around in that, and we're going to talk about what God thinks about when he thinks about the church as family, how we can be, as the church, a great family, not a dysfunctional one. And we're going to dig around a little bit today in uh, a letter that a guy called Paul wrote. So Paul, 2,000 years ago, was one of the first followers of Jesus. He uh, started church. He had a radical encounter with Jesus. He started churches, and he started one in a place called Thessalonica with a friend of his called Silas. And when they went there, there was nobody who knew about Jesus. There was nobody who was a Christian or a follower of Jesus. They weren't even called Christians then, a Jesus follower then. And uh, he started this little group of people meeting together. And then he, he was with them for a while. And then he left them. And then he writes them this letter. But they're doing really well. Often when Paul wrote his letters to churches that we have in the New Testament part of the Bible, he was writing to kind of uh, pull them up on something. Or say, actually, you need to do a little bit better at this. But that's not true of the Thessalonians in Thessalonica. They're doing well, and Paul praises them at the start of his letter about how well they're doing. And then when he gets to chapter 2 of his first letter to him, he writes two letters to them, he, he uses metaphor after metaphor after metaphor about family. And I want you to watch as we work our way through this, these few verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 this morning. I want you to see all the different metaphors there are for family in there. 
There's brothers and sisters and children and mothers and fathers and all sorts going on. So Paul clearly has this analogy of family in his mind. And as we look through this, we're going to find five things where the family and the church interconnect that Paul's trying to tell us about. And I hope we're going to be inspired by them. So let's uh, start off 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, looking at verses 1 and 2. It's going to appear on the screen behind me. If you're online, it's going to appear on there for you as well. And Paul starts like this. He says, You know, brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not without results. We had previously suffered and been treated outrageously in Philippi, as you know. But with the help of our God, we dared to tell you his gospel in the face of strong opposition. So right out of the gate, Paul is referring to them as brothers and sisters. Not as some kind of spiritual superior where Paul is lording it over these people that he started the church with. No, no, Paul is saying, you are my brothers and sisters. He's not speaking to them as somebody more important than anybody else. And this phrase, brothers and sisters, appears over a hundred times in the New Testament across every single author. So clearly it was an important thing. Clearly the early church leaders, when they thought of church, they thought of family. They thought of brothers and sisters. They thought of this connection or this relationship. But look, it was a family with a purpose. There's a a double negative here. He says, um, our visit to you was not without results. So kind of, let's call out Paul on his grammar there a bit, shall we? It's a double negative, not without results, which means it was with results, right? That's what I think that a double negative does. So Paul's saying, there were results to all of this. I'll visit to you. We saw something happening. They were seeing things changing. There was a purpose to what they were doing, and it was going somewhere. And Paul tells us what the mission or the purpose was He says it was telling people about Jesus, the gospel, the good news of Jesus. That's what that means. This was top of the agenda. This was the primary thing they were about, helping people find Jesus. Jesus was central to who they were and what they were doing as a church family. It was central. He was central to what they were leading and building there. And there's a lesson and a message for us there too that we, in our churches, need to keep Jesus central in our church family. We need to be speaking about him, introducing people to him, ensuring he is central to this church family in Andover too. So number one, this family had a purpose. The next thing we find in the next few verses, Paul says this, "For for the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never use flattery, nor do we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else. Even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you. So yet again, Paul uses another couple of family metaphors there. And Paul is saying that, They were humble. This family had a purpose, and they were humble. Paul and Silas didn't only have this great news to share. The character that they brought with them mattered. They realized it was all about God, not about them. Not about pleasing others, but about pleasing God. They were like young children. I love that. You know what young children are like if you've seen young children running around a place. No airs, no graces. Not a lot of filter a lot of the time, but just 
humble. They weren't thinking about what people thought or seeking praise from other people or trying to manipulate others or flatter them or put on masks. They were just who they were. But they were all in for God. They were being real. And they weren't really worried about praise or attention or credit. Former American president Harry Truman once said, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. They were humble. So let's uh, read on then for another few verses. And here we get another family metaphor. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So they had a purpose, they were humble. And in this section, we get this mother-child analogy. You know, when a baby is born, you nurse him or her. You give them what they need to start growing and developing. But that doesn't happen forever. There comes a moment where they're capable of feeding and nursing themselves. The relationship doesn't stay in this nursing relationship forever. The point of nurturing is that there is a growth to maturity. The goal of parental nursing and care and support for children is that they would grow into amazing human beings. So they cared, but they cared with that purpose in mind. They were like family who cares for one another, but the goal of that care was to help people grow in their relationship with Jesus. And sadly, so often in churches, we've done a great job with care, but we've missed the purpose. And we've become so focused focused on care that we've missed out on the growth that we need. So churches become more like a chaplaincy. The emphasis becomes less on helping and equipping and inspiring one another to grow to be more like Jesus and more on who's looking after my needs. And when we focus on the wrong thing, that's when we start to forget our main purpose, which is to share Jesus with others and to grow to be more like him. So they cared, but they cared about inspiring and encouraging one another to grow to be more like Jesus. What's the third one? The fourth one. Verse 9. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toils and hardship, and we work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. You are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. This family were committed. This was hard work. When Paul and Silas committed themselves to the Thessalonians, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. They didn't know what would happen or what would become of this fledgling group that wasn't even really a church to begin with. They didn't know what it was going to be or what it was going to become. They weren't just joining the trendiest church in town with the best coffee or the best band or the most impressive Instagram account or the most attractive worship leaders. Like we have attractive worship leaders, don't we, here, apparently? (laughs) They weren't just joining because of all those things. It wasn't really even a church when they started. It was just a few people who had found something life-changing and life-altering in Jesus that they wanted to share with others. And they worked hard. They probably had other jobs which enabled them to live and then they spent their time investing in the church beyond those jobs, just like many of you do who are part of our church community at ABC. The amazing volunteers who make so much of what happens around here happen, who, who make this family by all that they're doing and contributing 
See, Paul and Silas were committed beyond their convenience. You know, I love our church. I think it's amazing. I love all the things that we're able to do and the impact that we're able to have. I love when we get to celebrate together the mission that we're on in baptisms. I love that we have loads of kids and young people around the place. I love that that's not just happening on Sundays. I love that we have a songs of praise service once a month. I love that we gather together on Zoom to pray together and that we have loads of people joining us to pray online. I love that we're involved in our local community and blessing it. I love that we're helping people all around the world in places like Poland and Peru and India and Africa. But we are not perfect, not by a long stretch. And because we are imperfect people... Sometimes we may leave you feeling let down. Or because we're imperfect people, that may happen in the future that we feel let down by our expression of local church. But the church shouldn't be a place that you commit to as long as it's easy and you like everyone and you like everything that's happening. That's not family. How many of you, when we talked about family earlier on, are you thinking, you know, there have been some times in my life where I haven't really even liked my family or certainly some members of them. Or how many times have you kind of thought, oh, they're just driving me up the wall, or I wish they wouldn't do things that way, I wouldn't do things that way. And you don't leave your family at that point. See, if you do that with church, if you get to those points where maybe the church feels like it's kind of let you down, or it's not quite what you hoped it would be, or it's not doing things the way you would do them, you're not, if you leave a church at that point, you're not actually committing to a church beyond anything other than your own preferences, We live in a time where people are desperate for meaningful relationships and community, which is great. But to build those, you have to commit beyond how you feel sometimes. When we prioritize our preferences or our feelings above a sense of purpose or mission, then when something happens that doesn't fit with our preferences or the people are a bit irritating to us, then those are easily left behind and we can walk away. Or when things get difficult or mistakes are made or things happen that we don't like or we don't agree with, it can be really easy to jack it all in when it's just been all about our preferences. I promise you this, if the only reason you're a part of a church like Andover Baptist Church is because you like the music or the kids' work or maybe even the preaching at a push or you like the tech and the lights and all that kind of stuff, I promise you we will let you down one day. One day the music will change in style, or I'll do a talk that you disagree with, or your kids will be grown up, and if all you've done is base your participation at ABC on your preferences, you'll think it's okay to send me an email that's usually about two sentences long and tell me that you're leaving, and it'll all be over. If the only reason people connect as family is because it suits them, or it's convenient, or they can get something out of it, then that family isn't going to last very long. If the reason you're connecting as a family goes deeper than that, then that builds something way, way more important. If the reason you're connecting and we're connecting as family, then we can, it goes deeper than our preferences, then we can survive the inevitable ups and downs of doing life together. If the reason you're in a church community like this at ABC it goes deep and it's about mission and purpose and love for one another, then we are bound together. 
If the reason you're part of ABC is because God is calling you to join in with the mission to equip people, no matter where they are on their spiritual journey, no matter where they're starting from, to find and follow Jesus, then we are connected way beyond our preferences. If the reason you're part of ABC is because you want to help people who don't know just how amazing God is and how utterly mind-blowing it is that there's a God who loves them and sent his son to show that love beyond any reasonable doubt, then you might leave one day because you might have to move away or go somewhere else or whatever, but I promise you you'll never send me a two-sentence email to tell me you're off because it will be way more important to you than that. And we'll have some conversations and we'll pray together and we'll bless one another and that's how it'll happen. You know, if those are the reasons we're here, because there's a purpose and a mission and a love for one another that goes way beyond our preferences, then we are bound together even when things aren't perfect and even if we make mistakes or do things that don't always leave us feeling comfortable. If the reason you're in a church like ABC is because you love people, and you want to get to start to know people, maybe, because you're new. Or you want to build relationships with people. You want to be there for one another. You want to have that kind of family vibe and strong ties of love. Well, that's going to last, and that is family. And it came for the Thessalonians because they were committed to one another. And Paul and Silas were committed. That's what happens when we commit to one another beyond our preferences. Last one. Verse 11, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and his glory. I love this. You've got another family analogy straight away. This time it's of a father parenting his children. And the bit that I love is that encouraging, comforting, and urging. This is kind of a an intensity to that, an urgency about that, to do what? To live lives worthy of God. Not to be more religious or more moralistic, but more worthy of God. More loving, more kind, more committed, more sacrificial, becoming more like Jesus in character. I really long for our church to be a place of encouragement, comfort, and urging to be more like Jesus. Let's encourage and urge one another to be more like him. You know, it's not an accident that Paul uses the imagery of family to talk about the church. And I'm so, so sorry if your experience of family has not been a good one, or your experience of church has not been one that reflects a great family. I'm sorry if maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian and you've been put off church in the past by an experience or a sense that you wouldn't be welcome. I'm sorry if the church has either subconsciously or consciously erected barriers that have left you wondering if it would be okay for you to be a part of it or go to something one day. I'm sorry if that's the case. That isn't family. That isn't the family that God has in mind or Paul has in mind or Jesus has in mind. A church family is an open one. And a God-honoring church family is a family that has arms open wide to say, you are welcome here. And I'm sorry if you've been part of a church and it's hurt you. And I'm sorry if we've hurt you. Like any family, we're complicated. We make mistakes. We mess up sometimes. And sometimes, like a family, we don't all agree on what we should be doing. 
Think about this. Think of a family at Christmas time. Some of us want to play board games. Other of us want to be playing on our PlayStations. Other of us, honestly, would just quite like to be snoozing quietly in the corner. And that's true. That's the same with church. But like a great family, we should try to remember that our preferences are not the reason we're together. We have a purpose that goes way beyond our preferences. We should have a humility about us that comes from remembering how awesome God is and how amazing it is that he would love us and want us to be a part of his church family. We should be trying to build a depth of relationship and care that goes beyond whether we agree all the time or not. We should be committed to this thing called the church that was so important to Jesus that he gave his life for her. And when we're truly trying to be God-centered, well, then we are truly at our best. I want to follow Paul's example and to encourage and urge you to be a part of a church family. Maybe here at Andover Baptist Church, maybe that you're a bit further away or further afield, but I want to encourage and urge you to be part of a church family. You know, following Jesus is the best thing you and I can do with our lives. And partnering with the body and the bride of Jesus in a family like a local church is truly the most extraordinary thing that we can give ourselves to. And I want to encourage and urge each and every one of us to do just that. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible and amazing thing called the church. We know sometimes we mess up, or like any great family, we have our ups and downs. But Lord God, just encourage us to see beyond our preferences and beyond those things that sometimes irritate us to the purpose and the meaning behind it all, the mission that you gave. And Lord God, I pray it would be true of ABC, just like it was true for Paul and Silas in Thessalonica, that they could say, our mission has not been without results. We've seen things happening. We've seen God at work. Lord God, challenge and inspire us to step up, to be committed like Paul and Silas to our local church family. And Lord, we give uh, the results of that into your hands, but we know in your hands they'll be amazing. Amen.